When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. fantasy podcast and i guess i have to start by saying i was a liar a couple weeks ago i told you that was going to be the last solo podcast of the season and it was not uh through some weird circumstances we are once again back on a sunday night solo podcast so for those of you that like those congratulations happy monday morning and we'll get right through the show for those of you that you hate those uh totally understand and uh you know monday suck anyway so just kind of have to deal with it but let's break down a very, very, very weird week of NFL action. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about our friends over on Bet Online. They are the premier outlet for you to place your bets across the sports world, including the NFL. That's betonline.ag. And right now, you can bet on the NBA, the NHL, NFL, college football, and so much more right now and get a 50% welcome bonus of up to one thousand dollars by signing up on betonline.ag you have other features like a five percent bitcoin bonus a 25 dollars risk-free props wager and a 25 dollars live betting free play in addition to that 50 percent welcome bonus so get on over to betonline.ag today and start wagering on your favorite sports and look it was a tough day for a lot of betters and a lot of favorites. And I, I guess we should start out with the game that was probably had the most surprising result for me. The Buffalo Bills go to Jacksonville and don't score a touchdown. Completely shut out in the second half. They lose six to nine uh, in a weird baseball-like score here between these two games. And I'm sure the Buffalo Bills sank a lot, a lot of fantasy values in this Josh Allen, 284 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Dig six for 85, nothing special. Same thing with Emmanuel Sanders, four for 65. Cole Beasley caught eight passes, but for only 33 yards. And you got a whole lot of nothing from Zach Moss in this game. Three carries for six yards. They didn't get much from Devin Singletary either, but you got at least seven catches for him. So in PPR, he ended up being good for you. Really a, a disastrous performance for all involved in this game. And, and look, the takeaway is going to be 
well, the real life takeaway is the AFC is wide open. Uh, but the fantasy takeaway, you just kind of have to throw this one out. Uh, you know, Josh Allen's still having a phenomenal fantasy season. Still going to be somebody you're starting every single week. You don't need me to tell you that. But uh, look, the Stefan Diggs stuff is, uh, it sucks. Like it just, you know, he, he caught touchdowns in back-to-back weeks heading into this. He catches a touchdown against Tennessee, catches another one in Miami. But he's got one game this year with 90 or more yards. Just one. And that was the game against Houston when we had seven for 114. Uh, he has one game, or excuse me, two games this year with more than seven catches. Uh, and zero double-digit catch games. It's, uh, I'm a little surprised. Obviously, he had the massive expectations coming into the year, given the the monstrous season he had in 20, uh, 2020, but he had, really hasn't even come close to matching it. He's been solid. He's been giving you really good wide receiver two-type numbers, but he's hasn't been anything spectacular. On the Jacksonville side, no James Robinson this game, so you have 21 carries for Carlos Hyde. Does next to nothing with them. Fix 67 total yards. Another poor fantasy day for Trevor Lawrence. Left the game briefly with an injury. Comes back in. Dan Arnold paces all Jaguars with four for 60. Continues to be a sneaky little play there. If you're looking at the waiver wire, some deep options. And really nobody else has anything of note. Chenault, Agnew, Marvin Jones, really nothing. This, this game was pretty much devoid of any sort of fantasy relevance and fantasy talent uh, across the board. Next game up on the schedule, the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins uh, in the massive turnover fest that was this game. Uh, Last I checked, I believe there was nine, nine turnovers in this game between interceptions and fumbles. Terod Taylor comes back and boy, I was wrong about him. Uh, Yeah, he, I expected a big game from him. Miami was allowing over 290 passing yards per game to quarterbacks this year. They hold Tyrod Taylor to 240 yards on 43 attempts, no touchdowns, three picks. He got sacked five times. There continues to be absolutely no running game of any fantasy value at all in Houston. Phillip Lindsay ends up leading with eight carries, but nobody even gets the 30 yards on the ground. Brandon Cooks ends up getting his way to six for 56, but really, again, nothing special there. Uh, and on the Dolphin side of things, no Tua Tungavaloa. We found out about an hour before kickoff that he was not going to play in this game. Jacoby Brissett, all right, nothing special. Uh, Jalen Waddell, eight catches for 83 yards. But this, again, another game that was pretty devoid of fantasy talent. And, and look, going forward, I wouldn't worry about Mike Gisecki at all. Uh, you know, 454 was a perfectly okay game given the circumstances. He'll do better with Tua when Tua comes back. But you do have to be concerned if you have two on your roster as a QB two or a super flex option, because I know this is a finger injury and he hurt during practice, but dude can't seem to stay on the field for one reason or another. He's already missed multiple games this year. Uh, and now he's missing another one. Uh, it, it's gotta be a little bit concerning, but look, uh, if you have Jalen Waddle in PPR, you're kind of getting what you expect. Uh, I, I would love to see him get a look. And, and look, to be fair, you know, not to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but to be fair here, you know, eight for 83 is a lot better than some of the lines we've seen him put up before when he had, you know, what was the game he had in London? I'm, I'm pulling up right now. Yeah, 10 for 70, you know, that sort of a thing. So eight for 83 is at least a little bit better, um, you know, but it's kind of is what it is with him. You would want Tua to be back because Jacoby Brissett's very much a, a dink or dunk option. And, and you see, probably on social media a few different times of Jacoby Brissett taking underneath options, even though he has guys down the field that were more open just because he doesn't see him and he's not checking for it. But 
Uh, there wasn't much to love about this Texans Dolphins game, whether you're a fan of either team or have any of their fantasy players. The other surprising game, Denver Broncos, 10 point underdogs in Dallas and absolutely wiped the floor with the Dallas Cowboys. At one point in this game, they were up 30 to nothing. Uh, Dallas ends up scoring 16 points in the final five minutes of this game to make it appear as if this was even something remotely resembling a close contest. It was not. Solid game for Teddy Bridgewater, 249, a touchdown. Both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon looked really good. And, and Javante Williams in particular, 111 yards and 17 carries, had if you haven't seen his highlight run where it's like him running, quote unquote, angry, you need to go see it. It is a highlight that is worthy of your time. Melvin Gordon, 80 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Tim Patrick has a really nice day, four for 85 and a touchdown. Jerry Judy, six for 69 as he continues to work his way back. Uh, again, Patrick continues to be in that like wide receiver four potential second flex option for you. You know, Jerry Judy should be in, in flex consideration for you on a weekly basis. Uh, Corlin Sutton, uh, a quiet game, uh, one for nine yards here. And this is kind of what happens with him. He has a, some big blow up games like you saw against Pittsburgh and Las Vegas. Then he's got uh, the more subdued games like we've seen these last couple of weeks where, you know, combined three catches for 49 yards over these last two games. So something to be aware of, uh, I, you know, Sutton's is one of those players that's just perennially very frustrating to own because you know what any week he could pop off and he's obviously a tremendous talent but the consistency and fantasy production on a weekly basis just isn't there i'm not sure it's going to be there anytime soon particularly with jerry judy back in the lineup on the dallas side you know by the end of the game Dak kind of got you where you needed to go like it wasn't great but 232 and two touchdowns and interception didn't absolutely kill your day but probably the rest of the, the star players there did. You know, Zeke gets 51 yards on the ground, but doesn't score. Tony Pollard, only 11 yards on the ground. You know, Mari Cooper, two for 37. CeeDee Lamb, two for 23. Uh, you know, both touchdowns go to, go to what, Malik Turner uh, in this game. You know, Dalton Schultz leads everybody with 454. So nobody really had a good game if you had Dallas. And I'm sure there were a lot of people that lost their fantasy matchups this week because of this. I don't really know what to make of this. Um, look, it was Dak Prescott's first game back from that calf injury. He said it really wasn't bothering him all that much in terms of his, his impact on his performance, but it's a little concerning. Uh, this, this was a little bit concerning from Dallas, but you know, look, next week they have a whole matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, and that team has been playing a little bit better lately. You got to have some respect on the Falcons right now as they got back to 500, but it's still a vulnerable defense, and, and I imagine that the at home after this sort of a beatdown that Dallas will be very motivated and will be very fruitful offensively for everybody next week. The Browns, despite all of the controversy, all the OBAJ stuff, all this other stuff, put up 41 points in Cincinnati on the Bengals. Uh, Nick Chubb. What a game for him, 137 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, caught a couple passes for 26 yards. So Donovan Peoples-Jones make a really nice touch, 60-yard touchdown grab in this game, finished with two for 86 and a score. A little bit more subdued for Jairus Landry. Uh, his, his lowest catch total uh, in the last 10 games that he's been healthy in, a three for 11. Uh, and Baker, okay, 218 and two touchdowns. That's a pretty darn good game. Was a lot better real-life quarterback in this game than a fantasy quarterback, but I doubt many of you were relying on him unless you were in a super flex format anyway. On the Cincinnati side of things, Joe Mixon had a monster game, so you got to be ha happy with that. T. Higgins, pretty nice outing, six for 78. 
you know, Chase got his looks in this game. You know, he got 13 total targets, but only caught six of them for 49, had a fumble. So had a bad game by his standards at this point. Nothing for Tyler Boyd, essentially. And, and Joe Burrow, rough outing, uh, 282 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. And, you know, these interceptions are starting to become a little bit of a concern for him right now, as good of a season and as good of a fantasy season as he's having. You know, because you look at his touchdown total, this is the only the second game this year where he hasn't had multi, multiple touchdowns. He had no touchdowns in week – excuse me, this is the only game, uh, I should say, that he has not had multiple touchdowns this season. Every other game, if you don't want to work backwards, three, 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 two, two, three, two, two. But the interceptions are a problem. You know, since week two, three interceptions, one, then zero, then two, then one, then one, then one, then two. So some quick math there. It's 11 interceptions since week two. And he has at least one interception in all but two games this year. It's a little concerning, uh, but, uh, you know, he should be in an opportunity to, to bounce back when they return from the bye. Uh, Cincinnati is off next week, along with Chicago, Houston, and New York. So uh, I have a chance to, to get things right over the bye week. And then they have a date in Las Vegas against the Raiders in week 11. One of the most exciting games of the week was the Minnesota Vikings and the Baltimore Ravens, an overtime contest that ended with what else? A Justin Tucker made field goal for the Baltimore Ravens to improve to six and two. Dalvin Cook had a really good game, but it was like all in the first half. Uh, he had 110 yards on the ground, but didn't really like both him and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson at three for 69 and a score. Heavy Hurley and then really weren't used much late. You didn't get anything from Adam Thielen except for the touchdown grab, two catches for six yards. You know, Conklin five for 45, another solid tight end two type day for Conklin. But it's a very strange game uh, from a fantasy standpoint for these guys. Uh, again, nothing really actionable to change about the way you're, you're looking at any of these players. On the other side, Lamar Jackson, monster game. Uh, had a couple picks, but he has 120 rushing yards on the ground, 286 and three scores through the air. And, you know, right now he's a QB two in fantasy in terms of fantasy points per game. It's Tom Brady, number one, and is Lamar Jackson, number two. He has been absolutely phenomenal this season. It continues to be that Hollywood Brown nine for 116. Rashad Bateman again involved, you know, not putting up monster numbers, but is like second flex wide receiver four type type of a player here with five for 52. Andrews gets five for 44, but kind of all the touchdowns went in weird spots. Like Lamar's three passing touchdowns, you know, one went to Patrick Card, one went to Devin Duvernay on an absolutely magnificent catch in the end zone. And one went to Devonta Freeman. Le'Veon Bell scores on the ground. So the uh, the Baltimore Ravens touchdowns in this game went to, uh, to a lot of players that probably weren't in your lineups this week. Now, the New York Giants get a home upset victory over the Las Vegas Raiders here. No Saquon Barkley, no Sterling Shepard, but Evan Ingram catches the touchdown in this game early, but you don't see a lot from him. Kenny Galli only two for 28 in his return. Really, this Giants offense right now is a little bit of Evan Ingram and a lot of Devontae Booker. 199 yards on the ground, caught all three of his targets for 23 yards. You know, I expect Saquon Barkley to be back next week. Uh, so, you know, excuse me, I expect Saquon Barkley to be back following this bye week next week at, in week 11. So uh, I would still hold on to Booker, whether you have Barkley or not. Let's be real. Barkley has been very injury prone over these last couple of years. So, and, and Devontae Booker has proven that he can be pretty successful now in this role. So I would keep him on your team on the Raiders side of things. Josh Jacobs leaves briefly with an injury, but gets 76 yards on the ground. Also uh, catches four passes for 19 yards. 
he hasn't been dominant at all this season, but he's been a fairly solid fantasy player for you. He's absolutely somebody that you need to kind of give a little bit more credit. Now, one area that is hurt is his injuries. Like he's missed some time this year. He's missing time in games. It's a little bit concerning there. Uh, what's not concerning, though, is Darren Waller getting back where he needs to be. Led all Raiders with seven catches for 92 yards. Kenyon Drake, again, heavily involved in the passing game, six for 70. Hunter Renfro, as we expected, with no Henry Ruggs, gets a little bit more involved in this game. Gets seven catches for 49 yards and a score. But really nobody else emerged in that quote-unquote Henry Ruggs role. Zay Jones had one catch. Uh, Brian Edwards did not have a catch. So there were really no other wide receivers made a play. The only other pass catchers went to like Jalen Richard, Josh Jacobs, Alec Ingold, the fullback. So uh, that role doesn't exist there right now. We'll see if they're able to recruit Odell Beckham Jr. or grab him off waivers or whatever they might end up doing. Uh, check back in with us on our Tuesday show because I imagine we're going to know by Monday evening uh, where Odell Beckham Jr. is going. The Atlanta Falcons, almost Atlanta Falcon, their game against New Orleans, but they end up holding on despite giving up 22 fourth quarter points to the Saints. Uh, Matt Ryan continues to have a really, really solid season these last few games. I think you really need to start paying attention. Uh, as much as he kind of feels like a boring play in fantasy at this stage of his career, he's really been solid. 343 and two touchdowns here. Absolutely no running game to speak of. Uh, Matt Ryan ends up getting in the end zone on the ground, but uh, you know Davis 13 yards, Cordell Patterson 10 yards. But where Cordell Patterson really came in uh, was obviously a 64-yard catch, which really helps his total. But six for 126 in the passing game. Uh, Russell Gage seven for 64. Pitts three for 62. Again, nothing ground shaking, but still pretty good. Olamide Zacchaeus gets the two touchdowns in this game on his three catches. You know, and for the Saints, we saw a little bit of a Taysom Hill, but Trevor Simeon started this game through a couple touchdowns. You know, Alvin Kamara, 50 yards and touchdown on the ground, four for 52 through the air. I think Taysom Hill starting next week. And I look, this offense looked a little bit more dynamic when Taysom Hill was in, mostly because of the threat of him running. He's also was a really good fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's a good real life quarterback, but from a fantasy perspective last year, he averaged more than 21 fantasy points per game in his four starts. Like he's a QB one. Uh, in a lot of times, and at worst, a top 15 quarterback if he is named the starter for the Saints. So that is somebody that if he, he survived through waivers, but you need a quarterback and you have somebody on by in these next couple of weeks, I would absolutely pick up Taysom Hill, who uh, I would be surprised if, again, barring injury, should be a top 15 quarterback the rest of the way. Uh, Traquan Smith, a little bit more involved, three for 53. So we'll start to see how this receiver room shakes out here. You know, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, but Marquez Callaway, you know, they're going to have some games that are decent, some games that aren't. But uh, from a fantasy standpoint, the only thing I would say is that if you don't have Taysom Hill on your team right now and you have that opportunity, I would make sure you go get it. The New England Patriots, uh, well, they got to play Sam Darnold, and that has usually meant good things over the last couple months or so. Uh, they end up escaping with this victory here in a game. It was 24 to six, but I even shouldn't say escaping. Like it wasn't even as close as this one, but they escaped Carolina with a victory. They now have a winning record. Uh, Mar uh, Ramondre Stevenson uh, had a really 
interesting game. And I know he had an injury, ends up leaving it, but he gets 10 for 62 on the ground. He led all Patriots, 244 through the air. It's a very weird game for, for New England, but they had a dominant defensive performance led by J.C. Jackson. So you didn't really see a ton of fantasy value for anybody involved. Hunter Henry gets in the end zone. Uh, Damian Harris gets in the end zone. So both those guys salvaged their fantasy day, but there really wasn't a lot of fantasy value for anybody else on the roster, except you actually played their defense, of course. Carolina, let's talk. Sam Donald's unplayable. Uh, 16 of 33, 172, no touchdowns, three picks. They might start him next week. They should not start him next week. And look, PJ Walker isn't good. He's fun to watch. I loved watching him in the XFL, but in his time giving, a sh- giving him an opportunity in the NFL has not been good. But man, Sam Darnold is actively costing Carolina any chance to win some of these games. Like it is really, really, really tough to watch. And you got Christian McCaffrey back. Now, you know, McCaffrey gets 18 touches in this game. So not quite his normal workload. 14 for 52 on the ground, catches four of his five targets for 54 through the air. So it does get over 100 yards because I think Christian McCaffrey can fall into 100 uh, scrimmage yards at this point in his career. But uh, everybody else is hurting. Uh, DJ Moore, three for 32. Nothing special. Uh, Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble, one catch each. Robbie Anderson, one catch. Like this is, this is really not anything. Like I don't know how you you obviously start McCaffrey no matter what. But where where should I rank DJ Moore? Like if you start to look back at some of these games now, and you know when you you those first whatever, four games, we go six for 80, then eight for 79 in a score, then eight for 126, then eight for 113 and two scores against Dallas. And then it's just been okay since five for 42, five for 73, six for 73, four for 59, three for 32. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but those are wide receiver two numbers. Like that is a little bit more in line with where you were kind of drafting DJ Moore. That's not where we thought DJ Moore was going to be after the first month of the season. And I'm not necessarily sure like a QB switch is going to help him. I just, I don't, I, you know what I mean? It's not like there's a quarterback sitting behind Sam Darnold right now that you sit there and say, well, if they just get him in, he'll get the court, he'll get these receivers the ball. Like he might not be X, Y, or Z, but he'll get these guys the ball. Like, I don't know if PJ Walker's that guy. I don't think they're going to bring in somebody else at this point. I don't really think there's anybody else to bring in for them at this point, but this is concerning all around. Um, obviously stop playing Darnold. Uh, stop playing anybody that's not McCaffrey or DJ Moore and consider DJ Moore more of a wide receiver two right now than a wide receiver one. For the late slated games here, the Chargers escape. And this one is actually a proper use of me saying escape. Philadelphia 27-24 in a game that was actually a little bit more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Credit to the Eagles for, for having a lot of success here against Justin Herbert, except they didn't. And like, here's the thing. like They kept up with the Chargers, but that defensive performance from Philadelphia was really poor and it gave, gave way to Justin Herbert having an absolutely monster game. 356 and two touchdowns, got 14 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Subdued game for Austin Eckler here. Only got three targets. Got 17 carries, though, but only for 59 yards. Uh, Donald Parham gets in the end zone. Steven Anderson gets in the end zone. Keenan Allen has a really, really, really nice day. Caught 12 of his 13 targets for 104 yards and you know, he's starting to come on a little bit more in recent weeks. And Mike Williams, 258. Um, the, the Mike Williams train might be over. Like, let's 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 talk about these four of these last five games here now. Because he's got four boom games. 
you know, eight for 82 in a score, seven for 91 in a score, seven for 122 in two scores to start the year. Uh, and then October 10th against Cleveland, he had eight for 165 in two scores. Okay. Those are his four boom games. He has four bus games as well. One for 11, two for 27, two for 19, and here two for 58. He has six catches for what? A hundred and what is this? So 46, a hundred and four yards combined. In the last three games, you know, it's tough to say that they're using him any differently than they did through the first three or four games of the year. And in the game against Vegas, where he gets one for 11, you wanted to write it off as a fluke, particularly because he comes back and gets eight for 165 and two touchdowns. That's his best game of the season. You're like, oh, okay, he's right back on track. But these are three bad games in a row for him. These are three games where even in PPR, he hasn't even reached eight fantasy points for you. So this is something to at least monitor. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm not sure if I can continue ranking him as a wide receiver one right now. You're still going to play him. And it's going to be tough for me not to rank him as a wide receiver one going up against Minnesota secondary. I'm going to admit that. It's going to be tough for me not to do that. But I think it's at least worth considering. Just something to watch if you have Mike Williams. And, and maybe, you know, if somebody's not paying attention in your league, it might be a good opportunity to sell high. If they're still thinking of Mike Williams as the Mike Williams from the first month of the season, and they're willing to give you a true wide receiver one value for him, I'd listen. Arizona goes into San Francisco without their QB one, without their wide receiver one, with their RB one going down early in the game. And they absolutely throttled San Francisco. Final score says 31 to 17. And that's not indicative of how badly Arizona beat up San Francisco in this game. Solid game for Colt McCoy, only four incompletions on his 26 attempts. But James Connors, the one that has the monster day here, three total touchdowns, 96 yards on the ground, 77 through the air. Uh, if Chase Edmonds misses time, James Connors, a top 15 running back, period, end of story. Uh, he's already been ranked as an RB2 for me in general anyway, alongside Chase Edmonds, because he's getting a lot of touchdown work. But if Edmonds misses time, he's a top 15 t- running back, if not in RB1 territory, depending on the matchup. So absolutely somebody that will be shooting up uh, pending Chase Edmonds' injury diagnosis. Uh, Christian Kirk takes advantage without Hopkins, without A.J. Green, gets six for 91 uh, on his six targets. Pretty subdued day for everybody else. You know, Rondell Moore gets a little bit involved here. Five catches, but only for 25 yards. Ertz, three for 27, but... I imagine some of that stuff's going to change once Kyler Murray comes back. But again, he's no lock to play next week. I think it's, I would say 50, 50. I never felt he was going to play this week, despite the posturing from Arizona, but uh, next week is not guaranteed either. On the 49 side, you get a good game from Jimmy Garoppolo. If you put him in a flex spot, 326, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Elijah Mitchell guts through the ribs injury to get eight for 36 on the ground, five for 43 through the air. But uh, it really wasn't a game where San Francisco had an opportunity to run the ball much. George Kittle, that's the story for me. Monster game coming off of IR. Looked like the George Kittle of old. Six for 101 and a touchdown on his eight targets. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, it's going to be a thing again. Six for 89 and a touchdown, eight targets. Debo Samuel guts through his injury, leads the team in targets, goes five for 63. Uh, so to me, the big takeaway here is this is Brandon. I needs to be back on the radar. Now that's back-to-back release. That's back-to-back solid games for him. A lot more involved here. It looks like he's finally clawing his way 
out of the doghouse. Although he does have a bad fumble in this game, but at this point, there's just not a lot of other options uh, for them. So it does look like Ayuk's getting a little bit more involved, which is definitely something to note. Packers and the Chiefs. You know, this was supposed to be the game of the week. And then obviously we have all the Aaron Rodgers stuff that happened. Like we we all know. Okay. This game was a disaster to watch. Uh, 20 combined points. Nobody did anything. Uh, Jordan Love looked lost in this game. I, I thought he might have a good opportunity against that Chiefs defense that is getting shredded by everybody. Uh, 190, a touchdown, a pick. Didn't look good. Aaron Jones couldn't get a lot going in this game. 53 yards on the ground. You know, Randall Cobb paces everybody three for 50 on the Packers, four for 44 for Dylan in the passing game. Devontae Adams, six for 42. Lazard catches a 20 yard touchdown. That's his only time. That's his only catch of the game. Was what it was. You need Aaron Rodgers back. And for fantasy managers, hopefully he is back next week against Seattle. But again, it's no guarantee. The earliest he can be cleared is the day before the game on Saturday. And look, if Rodgers is cleared, he's going to play. He doesn't have to practice to play. But if Jordan Love goes out there again, I wouldn't be super confident in any of my Packers. On the Kansas City side, uh, you know, Daryl Williams had a solid game. You know, again, uh, nothing spectacular, but he gets, you know, 22 touches in this game. Kelsey, 5 for 68, a touchdown. Hill, subdued, 4 for 37. Mahomes did not have a good game at all. Uh, 166 and a touchdown on his 37 attempts. He doesn't look right. Something is ro- still wrong with Patrick Mahomes. And look, a win's a win, and you take it, but – all is definitely, definitely not all right in Kansas City. And uh, if Mahomes is your one and only quarterback, I, I it's to the point where you might want to consider what's out there certain weeks. Uh, I, I'm not going to – I can't imagine a scenario where I'm ranking Mahomes outside of QB1 territory, but there are now some scenarios that I can imagine me ranking him outside of the top five territory. And you never know. You might have certain weeks where there might be somebody with a really good matchup that it's considered more like a lower tier QB one that might actually be ranked above him because he does not look good right now at all. But they have a game against the Raiders on Sunday night football in Las Vegas next week. And if he struggles again in prime time, uh, I'm very interested to see what the narrative is going to be for him. Very, very interested. And the final game to discuss here on the show today, the Tennessee Titans go into LA, another upset victory. The Titans improved to seven and two with a 28 to 16 victory. Uh, Not a lot of fantasy relevance uh, from the Tennessee side, despite the victory. Adrian Peterson does get a touchdown late in this game, but uh, 10 for 21. That was it on the ground for him only got one target Deontay Foreman leads all rushers with 29 yards on five carries Jeremy McNichols three targets three catches 11 yards seven for 24 in the running game AJ Brown five for 42 Julio Jones four for 35 so no real big games there for the Titans but uh, look this is going to be a team that I feel like is their record is not going to match up with their fantasy production we've seen that so far We were hoping we're going to get another big game here from A.J. Brown, but not to be the case. But after three really solid games in a row, uh, I think you can just deal with this for now. But uh, you're probably hoping for a little bit more from Julio. On the Rams side, they were just out of sorts from the beginning. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, 11 catches on his 13 targets for 95 yards. Uh, Robert Wood, 7 for 98. Van Jefferson, 3 for 41. Sony Michelle catches a late touchdown. Uh, to save Matthew Stafford's day, 294 touchdown, two picks. Not a lot for the running game. 11 for 55 for Daryl Henderson, 7 for 20 for Sony Michelle. It's just an overall just bad game uh, for the Rams and a really kind of a bad game for fantasy despite 
uh, a lot of the star power in this game, unless you had like Matt Gay, for example, who hit three field goals in this game along with an extra point. But that, it kind of was what it was, but it is good to see Robert Woods continuing this string of production now. He's really had about what five straight, six straight really solid fantasy days. A little bit up and down on the yardage total, but on the games where he's not catching a touchdown, when he's getting seven for 98, you can't complain. Just like he did a couple weeks ago, we got six for 70. So uh, although Robert Woods panic from early in the season has likely gone away at this point, uh, Cup is just going to work his way into points. Uh, you know, only the uh, third game this season where he didn't score and only the fifth game this season where he didn't score twice, but can't complain about 11 for 95. Uh, really any format. I guess maybe in, if you're still playing in the archaic standard leagues, you're not thrilled, but even in half PPR, uh, that is nothing to sniff at. So thank you again for indulging me on this solo show. We will be back on Tuesday morning to break down the waiver wire, break down my first set of rankings for the week and basically get you all prepped to go for, yes, believe it or not, week 10. We are hitting double digits week 10 is on the horizon good luck on monday night football if you need it there's still plenty of fantasy relevant players david montgomery might be back for chicago obviously you've got darnell mooney you've got chase claypool you've got deontay johnson Najee harris so whatever you need to come away with a victory tomorrow night i hope you get it thank you for joining me and we will be back on tuesday when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.